Seth Spins contains mild adult language. The views of the members of this podcast do not reflect the views of Viking Fusion or Viking Fusion staff. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Seth Spins. This is episode three of season two. I want to welcome everyone back to the podcast. I've heard plenty of people have been enjoying it, and I'm really appreciating all the feedback I've been getting. Um, As always, I want to remind everyone that there is a link on the website and on my Instagram page where anyone can go look at the Spotify playlist. And I'm planning on making an Apple Music playlist as well, um, just to give people an idea of what I've been talking about for each particular podcast. This podcast will be the same way, and I just wanted to let everyone know. Um, Today is a very special episode. I have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, everybody. My name is Carly. I am the guest today. So, Carly, what... um, what sort of musical background are you coming from? So growing up, I mostly listened to like early 2000s and um, I guess like late 90s, like punk rock, you know, like uh, we got Green Day and All Time Low was another one of my big ones, stuff like that. And then also um, I listened to a lot of like 80s rock, 90s rock, pretty much rock in general, alternative rock stuff like that. Would you say rock is still your favorite genre? Absolutely. Um, and we'll get into this later, but more like experimental rock now. It's evolved, but staying the same like general genre, I guess. What was the first, I guess, song or album that you like really remember grabbing you? Um, definitely Nirvana's Nevermind. That was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. I was like 11 when I heard it, the fir- like fully heard it all the way through the first time. And I was like, so this is one of those no skip albums mm-hmm. that you're like listen to the whole thing and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else you want to say just to kind of introduce yourself or anything that you want to talk about? Um, I'm a comm major, um, filmmaking, but I like music way better than film. Mm, okay, okay, um, we can get into that. Yeah. Um, so, Add a music major, Barry. Um, Carly and I discussed beforehand um, for this episode. We want to talk about a couple of different topics. Um, we want to go into Radiohead in particular, and um, I mentioned Radiohead last season, but this is going to be a little bit of a deeper dive into their uh, discography, I guess would be the word. Um, so we're just going to be talking back and forth. I have a question prepared regarding it. Um, we're also going to be talking about Nirvana, funnily enough, um, and I have a question prepared for that as well. Um, and then at that point, it should just be kind of free form. I know Carly has an album or two she wants to mention at the same time. So we're just going to kind of have a bit of a back and forth conversation. So it's going to be a little more free form than usual, but I hope everyone enjoys it. So for Radiohead, um, do you want to describe sort of Radiohead in general? Oh gosh, it's so hard because as we know, there was the shift, but um, overall, it's like the most essential like alternative rock because it's, it's not the traditional rock in the sense of like the guitars and like the live band feel. It kind of, they're very, they evolved to um, like their own definition of what alternative rock is, and it's kind of amazing. So um, their first couple albums, you have like Pablo Honey and you have The Benz, which are two very, um, they, they kind of are steeped in 90s alt-rockisms, as Absolutely. one might say. Mm-hmm. But after they go to their OK Computer, Kid A, Amnesiac sort of stuff and beyond, it becomes way more experimental, almost like art rock or kraut rock even in some cases with like Hail to the Thief. Um, do you have a preference for one of those? Um, one of those eras? Yeah, so 
I think overall, my favorite album is The Benz. And I keep changing my favorite album from uh, In Rainbows to The Benz, but like, it's that's just my, like, if I could describe my music taste, it's The Benz. So that's it. You mentioned The Benz and In Rainbows as sort of like competing. For yes, your, your absolutely. Vying for your affection mm-hmm. for your favorite radio album. <laughs> And obviously, those are from two very, very different points in their discography. For those that don't know, The Benz is a very, very early album before they became really, really famous. And In Rainbows is much more recent, coming out in, I believe, 2007. So is there a reason that those sort of are the pinnacle for each of those eras for you? Like, what makes The Benz, like, the pinnacle of early Radiohead? What makes In Rainbows the pinnacle of later Radiohead? Yeah, I mean, I think they are just that. To me, The Benz is the best, like... Radiohead attempt of 90s rock and like they did it perfectly in my opinion so um the I love like the live band feel like you feel like you're at a concert it's all um mostly like instrumental and like somebody played this instrument whereas like in rainbows is more electronic and experimental and harder to nail down as like where did this, where did this, uh, what inspired this? And it's, it feels more um, creative and more um, like Radiohead's personal um, genre that they created themselves as in like their own uh, style, unique style. And uh, I don't even, I don't even know how to tell you in rainbows. I mean, it's just like, so it's an album that um, they all, all of the songs obviously are like commingled together. Just, I don't. Well, I've, I've actually read about In Rainbows before, and uh, there's a couple of really interesting things about it. So it is um, an album that they released for free, which is a very interesting topic. Like a to set into. your own price yeah, and so you they, pay for they, that, yeah. Back in 2007, when the internet was a little bit more of like the Wild West for most people, <laughs> Radiohead decided, at, at like the height of their career at this point, they decided to release an album for absolutely free which is just kind of unheard of. So people that wanted to buy this album, which was very, you know, pinnacally acclaimed, like everybody wanted to hear it, they were allowed to set their own price from like nothing to one cent to $100. It did not matter what you paid. And I remember the uh, frontman Tom York actually mentioned in an interview later that they made way more money doing that than they ever could have doing anything else. Do you think that the music caused that? Do you think it was, like, the way that they paid for it? Oh, I mean, I think it's just, like, Radiohead unintentionally flexing how much like the impact that they had on so many people's lives like I mean I know if I would have been like a really big Radiohead fan when I was seven years old and I wanted to buy the album myself like I would have been one of those it's like I want to pay $50 because you deserve it and like like I would just already have that idea and like I know it's going to be a good album like I want to support my favorite band, stuff like that. And, like, that totally makes sense to me that even though you could pay nothing and still get the same thing as everyone else, like, people wanted to pay more because they wanted to support that idea. There's definitely, like, a sense of loyalty I think a lot of people have to the band because it is just such a huge, like, pinnacle of rock. And it's, like, people are very invested in this band because they've been around for over 20 years at this point and they have been such pioneers in shifting the genre back and forth to so many different styles. I would say they've had at least five like turning point albums that have changed the course of the genre itself. Do you think that, um, trying to formulate the question, do you think that like Radioheads in Rainbows being a very like concise, very like 
for lack of a better term, radiohead sounding album, do you think it's sort of like the pinnacle of their sort of authorship in that like Pin- Radiohead is a very like auteur like band. Like they they have their own sound and they sound like themselves and nothing else sounds like them. I know there's several bands that sort of come close and have similar styles. Like um, the band that comes to mind is Muse is Definitely. sort of like a very similar sort of genre, but it does not have that same sense of um, what one might say is like artistic integrity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that same uh, replayability, I think, for most people. Do you think In Rainbows being their most like Radiohead on their own, like their own sound album, do you think that that makes it a very powerful work? Oh, absolutely. The fact that like they were the first ones to create something that sounded that way and like not only it they didn't like shift genres they shifted their own genre and i think that's something that um makes it even better and like you said like muse they do sound similar to radiohead Mm -hmm. but like there's just something missing and i think it's the fact that they didn't do it first and obviously not as good Mm -hmm. yeah they're not as good sadly enough i i I still respect the band and they have some really cool songs and stuff but it's just not my favorite um, in Rainbow's favorite song, and why? Um, hmm. Well, I could say I could say Fifteen Step because it's Opener? it's at, yeah it's the first it's the first track, but also because it is uh, it makes a <laughs> makes an appearance in the movie Twilight. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's, that's a strong reason right there. It's a great. <laughs> it just. <sighs> It's mostly because of it's in Twilight. I actually had no idea that was in Twilight. Can you explain why it's in Twilight? I, I don't, have to know. Okay, so the reason it's in Twilight is because um, Stephanie Meyer, the author of Twilight, uh, like that's one of her favorite bands, but also Muse is, interestingly enough. But um, that's most of the reason that that song's in there. It, I feel like there's really no other reason, probably mm. other than it sounds vampire-y or mm. our, our idea of what vampire music should sound like in that time period. It's definitely like a really, for lack of a better term, like a cold album. Like it does not have a very warm feel for most of the songs. Yeah, it feels it's very digitized. abrupt. It oh, feels yeah. electronic. It yeah. feels like it is not human in a way. Mm-hmm. Except for a couple of songs that uh, one I want to point to is the song "Nude." It's the third song on yes. the album. How do you feel about that? Because it's a very big stylistic shift from most of the other songs. It is. It also I feel like it does kind of go back to like that amnesiac um, King of Limbs, like that kind of era. So I mean, it doesn't. It's not surprising that they would like throw something a little different into that album. And I mean, I appreciate it um, because it also unintentionally opens you up to those other albums that it's similar to like I remember the first time I was listening to Radiohead all the way through I mean you just kind of jump around songs and then when I went back and listened to every album like from the first one to the last one I like made those connections and it made me like those albums better Um, so you've mentioned that The Benz is also one of your favorites and it goes back and forth. So the second song on In Rainbows is Body Snatchers, which as a lot of people, um, it's my personal favorite on the mm-hmm. album. For a lot of people, it sort of represents a return to form in that particular song because it is the rawest that Radiohead has sounded in years yeah. at that point. How do you feel about that? Uh, how do I feel about that song or? How do you feel about the song? How do you feel about how it relates to the bends? Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I love that song so much. The, uh, God guitar 
it yeah. it's just it sticks with you and it's so recognizable and i think that's something else that they do so well is like creating these riffs that like you cannot get out of your mm-hmm. head and that's honestly like one of the biggest secrets to music and or like rock music and that's one of the biggest things that i like about it is um these little riffs that you can create a whole song around and it works and um people want to replay it and you know just like keep listening to it but definitely um, like you said, goes back to the Benz, my favorite album. <laughs> it's also, it's hard for them, or it's hard as a musician, I think, to like let go of, of where you came from and um, because it's a part of you and it's a part of the way that you write music. And I, I don't know, I appreciate that mm-hmm. so much. And that's a great song, great song. How do you feel about um, some of those softer songs in that, al- in that album that are more so like... Um, for example, Weird Fishes are Peggy is a really oh, good one. Yes. Um, Reckoner, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about House of Cards? Yes, we can. Actually, because that, that's, that's, in there. that's one of my that's one of my favorite ones to just um, for lack of a better term, vibe to, mm-hmm. because it's very like melodic and like repetitive, and you can kind of just get lost in it. So, and that's something I appreciate in music is feeling like. Like, life isn't important right now. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of listening to this song, doing whatever, and just re- uh, recognizing it for what it is. It's kind of like an escape in a way. Exactly. And, I mean, that's that's what we use it for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but has um, definitely a good one for that, for oh, sure. Oh, absolutely, especially when you just sit and listen to, like, an entire album, which mm-hmm. all of their albums are, like, you don't have to skip any of them. Just mm-hmm. listen to it all the way through. They're, they're definitely, like, distinctive bodies of work. So each Radiohead album it has a very different tone from the others, but they're all very consistent within that album, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So, like, for example, their latest album, um, Moonshape Pool, is a very somber but very like pretty silent record. It's it's very very um, moody. It's very very foreboding. It's not nearly the same type of music that, for example, they did on In Rainbows, that they did on Hail to the Thief, that they did on The Bends. They're completely different, separate works, but you, they're still distinctly Radiohead. Why are they like? How are they keeping it together? For real, I I wish I had a good a good answer, but like um, something that I've noticed is like the writing style of, like, lyrics is kind of, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's, like, the most constant thing in all of their albums, but, um, music-wise, like, it's, I don't, I couldn't tell you how they did it, um, Mm -hmm. but, like, the whole, like, electronic and, uh, dreamlike feeling, oh my gosh, I just, you can just, you start hearing it, and Mm -hmm. It's, it's instantly recognizable. Exactly, and it's, like, and it is so different than anything that they did before mm-hmm. that. And it's like that. What what year did that come out? 2016? Uh, 2016, 2017. Yeah. yeah. And like you would think that like as time goes on that they would sound more modern and like in a way they do. But that easily could have been released 10 years mm-hmm. earlier. And I, I would believe it. Mm-hmm. The, the thing you said about writing style is really interesting because yeah. they have gone all over the place. For example, on their most famous record, OK Computer, they were very maximalist. They were very perfectionist in their writing. They, they labored over each line to make sure it was perfect. I mean, even the skits in that album are, like, fun to listen to because it's written so well. It's almost literary in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's, like, metaphorical. It's, it's all these different things. Kid A, their next album, they pull lyrics out of a hat for a song. Mm-hmm. That's such a different way of songwriting, but they're still so, like, good. It's, it's it just works. incredible. 
Yeah. It, it does not make any sense in my mind at all, but mm-hmm. it's impressive that they're able to do it. The bends. I just want to, I want to hear the blurb. I want to hear why. <laughs> why is it your favorite? Um, I mean, it's so angsty. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so relatable. Um, I think everybody goes through that time in their life where it's like, I just want to be mad at the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're figuring everything out and you realize that everything's not sunshine and rainbows. Mm-hmm. Get that. Um, like high and dry kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very moody and just like if you if you want sad boy hours mm-hmm. but like subtly sad boy hours then listen yeah, to the there's, there's it's a like lot of different sad bangers, boy hours you go for. they're bangers but yeah. they're like moody bangers like fake plastic trees oh god yeah that's one of the best songs Absolutely. why is it um well i mean i like fake plastic trees but my favorite song off of the bends is my iron lung mm-hmm. like a hundred percent just because of that riff mm-hmm. and um I know it makes a debut in Clueless. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love, I love uh, the mixture of film and music. Also, it, it's really interesting how many movies that their music gets put in. Yeah, I mean, and... even in OK Computer, they name or actually, is it OK Computer? That's exit music for a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they even name a song for it. Yeah, like they know what they're doing. I think that's also kind of funny. It's like a nod to like, it's like so that self-awareness of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to write this song and it's just going to be put into a movie anyway, so I might as well just let you know that that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it almost has like a filmic quality. Like oh, all yeah. Of their music. The way it like evolves. And like that's, uh, that's something I love about um, Amnesiac is I feel like every song has like a, like a, t- a turning point where it shifts from being like slow and melodic to like, a faster pace um and it it, like shakes you when you're listening to it for the first time because you're like i didn't expect this but i love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's uh, what i appreciate about that album and the fact that it's like heavily jazz influenced and i've been getting into jazz a lot lately i guess and jazz is super fun it's it's so fun (laughs) it's just such an interesting thing exactly and just like it is so different they're mixing those genres and it is in indirectly like opening their listeners to other mm-hmm. other types of music I mean, through I, their lens. I've definitely listened to specific songs from Radiohead and gone to check out a genre that it was influenced by. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember in Kid A, there's Idiotech, which is, like, completely different from anything they've ever done or will ever do because it's almost like an IDM influence. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's from, like, a beat-making machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost not even a rock song. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's what I was thinking the first time. The first time I was going through their entire discography, I was like... Is there a genre like did it does it change like do other people think that it changes or is it mm-hmm. the same but like they just they did whatever they wanted and like that's mm-hmm. actually so inspirational. Radiohead has just a lot more than creep. Oh, absolutely, and like that's kind of one of the things that bugs me is when everyone mm-hmm. thinks of Radiohead, they probably think of that song, and I'm like, there's so many better ones. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I remember seeing a chart uh, a couple of days ago that compared like the streams from every single song on every single album to Creep and it's like one to one so for every time a song was streamed Creep was streamed that's wild anything else in their discography that's too bad also it really is because like I'm just thinking like electioneering off of Mm -hmm. off of okay computer absolute banger it really is like in like comparing that to Creep like I know you can't really compare the two because they're they're so different and they're from two different albums and everything but like why is that their their most popular song <laughs> over anything else? <laughs> like, I would think Karma Police would make more sense. Karma Police? 
I mean, I think that's like their second most listened to song is, on Spotify. I think it is, but like uh, I just remember Spotify. hearing that and being like, "This is like Radiohead. Like I can see exactly. this working for everyone." Creep, yeah. it, Creep almost doesn't even feel like a Radiohead song. It just feels like an all rock song. Yeah, but it also I kind of I appreciate it because it is off their first album, and that was like that's easily their least popular album and like this was before they released that that album before they were like super well known or had any reputation at all so it's kind of cool that a song off of their first album people still love i mean it's great on rock band (laughs) (laughs) Mm, of course (laughs) so radiohead has had this just absolutely massive discography but i think we should shift to another band that has a much shorter discography Mm -hmm. sadly speaking do you want to talk about Nirvana a little bit? Nirvana, oh gosh, yeah, gone too soon. Gone Rip too Kurt, soon. Rip Kurt, Kurt Cobain. Cobain. Um, what a what a what a guy. What a guy. Yeah, I mean Courtney Love too. Very interesting in her own right. Oh boy. Yeah. Completely different. Hole is a really there. interesting band. Um, so they have two like really critically acclaimed albums. Their first one's mm-hmm. called Bleach, and it's a very interesting listen, but I don't think it's what people come back to. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of loaded with a bunch of different songs. I think it's like 20 something. Uh yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's well, it's a lot. Yeah. It kind of it kind of reads like a demo tape kind of. It does, and it's it sounds like that too in the sense <laughs> where like I feel like it took them a little bit to <laughs> find their sound and like I feel like that's how most bands are too, <laughs> which is totally fine. Um but yeah, it does they all feel like like home recordings like yeah. very very like blasted guitar and <laughs> It's definitely a style, but it's not everybody's style. And it's just crazy that from that, like, what is essentially a demo tape that they just pitch to labels, they come out next with one of the greatest albums of <sighs> one all time. Of the most iconic albums, like it's, never it's mind. One of the most iconic album covers of all time. It has some Absolutely. of the most iconic songs of all time. Most people can name, like, half of that album off the top of their head from radio play, which does yeah. not happen. Yeah. Especially for something that is hard rock and grunge. Mm-hmm. Why? How did that, like, genre work on the radio for that band and almost that band only? Like, most other grunge bands fell off the map or they were considered a product of their time due to Nirvana being so successful. Yeah. <laughs> but Nirvana never got hit with that sort of trap of being uh, cliche or feeling like it was dated. Yeah, I mean, they never really got the chance either. That's true. <laughs> Too bad. That's very true. But, like, you can listen to other bands from the time and be like, this sounds terrible today. Mm-hmm. Nirvana sounds almost better. Yeah. So do you think it sounds dated at all, or do you think it almost sounds fresher than it did when it came out? Oh, man. Um, well, I, it's kind of hard being, like, like, I wasn't alive when all this music was coming out, mm-hmm. of course. So, like, thinking about... Nirvana as like without having influence or like in my mind from like um, artists since then mm-hmm. is kind of hard to separate because I mean I can only think of things that have come after Nirvana and like are obviously inspired by them but um, I definitely think that they were the trendsetters of the time they did grunge the best and it's so hard to pinpoint but I think for me it's like Kurt Cobain Mm -hmm. he his voice um his writing style the riffs the riffs the riffs are incredible it's it's just mesmerizing and like again this it's music you can like fall into but it's definitely a different vibe entirely than Radiohead Mm -hmm. um it's harder and more like outwardly angsty Mm -hmm. and you feel it differently and 
it's almost realer. Yeah, it's so raw, and mm-hmm. it. And after knowing what happens, it's just it's okay. almost hard to listen to at, at points. Yeah, because it feels like you're like it's like a ghost. Mm-hmm. It's like he he died after this. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's interesting because I can't think of another genre that has so clearly spawned like one best example of the genre. Like, mm-hmm. you can ask somebody, what's your favorite rock album? And you're going to get different answers. You can ask somebody, what's your favorite pop album? And you're going to get different answers. You cannot rely on, like, everybody going, this is the objective best one. Mm-hmm. But if you ask somebody, like, what is the seminal grunge album? They're going to say, never mind. Yeah. Do you think that that is something that they should say knowing that In Utero exists? Um, well, I mean... I do think there's, like, this pop culture surrounding it where it's like, oh, Nevermind is just so iconic. It's like In Utero kind of gets overshadowed, like, mm-hmm. un- unfairly. but almost, um, almost a fan club of the image over a fan club of the album. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do see that. And it's like, I think people hear those songs because they are, they are on the radio. They're still on the radio. Um, and... They're like, oh, this is the best of Nirvana <laughs> because it's so popular. Mm-hmm. So they don't even like grace in utero mm-hmm. with a listen. Which is almost, I mean, I know it's kind of hard to say because I think there are like their most iconic songs are on Nevermind. Mm-hmm. In Utero is better produced, it's played oh. better. The emotion in the album is more potent. Like it is a great album in its own right. And it can be said it's better in some like objective ways. So it's just really interesting to see how people just essentially saw Nevermind as it came out, said, this is it, mm-hmm. held on to it, yeah. and just pushed away what is arguably just as good, if not better. I think, yeah, I think most people held on to Nevermind instead of Nirvana. They, mm-hmm. yeah, they didn't they didn't follow through and keep listening. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I, I wish we would have gotten to see where it went after that. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about some of the songs on Nevermind? Just run down the list. Like, what do you All know? right. So I think my favorite one, um, that's so difficult. I, I really love Lithium. Lithium is my favorite. Yeah. On Nevermind. Um, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I kind of know the, the story behind it, too, so that kind of helps. It, it makes me like it even better. Um, but honorable mentions or something in the way, that's... Another one that I know, like, the backstory of, he was living under a bridge, and he wrote this song, like, as his, like, the tarp that he was living under was, like, breaking, and it's just so emotional, and it's very raw because there's not many, like, instruments either, and it feels like it's just you and him in a room, and he's playing for you, and it's it's so emotional like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also... Um, but then you have something like Drain You, which is a completely different vibe together. But, like, it's it's still it's still um, cohesive under the album. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I love how it, it switches around from, like, Come As You Are to um, Smells Like Teen Spirit, the biggest one. <laughs> Breed. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's definitely an amalgamation of a whole bunch of different like ideas of grunge it's not just like one sound and i think that's probably another reason why it's so like Mm -hmm. widely acclaimed well it's interesting too because like the album itself everybody kind of agrees it's like you know this is the pinnacle of the genre you know whatever but like once you get into the album and people are talking about the album itself it widely varies on like what people think the best album song is Mm -hmm. like i mean i could definitely go to people that say lithium is the best song that's how i feel it's how you feel 
probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you can go to people that say, come as you are, and I can totally understand. You can go to people that say Polly, and I'm like, I get it. You yeah. Know? It's like <laughs> any song, yeah. Drain You on a Plane, like any of those songs can be said to be like the best of the album or like the flagship song because they're all just as recognizable as the others. Mm-hmm. Like not a single song couldn't have been a single from that album. Yeah, and like it also when you ask people what's your favorite song off of Nevermind, it it's very telling of that person mm-hmm. too, and that's interesting. Um, to because like if someone says smells like Teen Spirit, I I know I'm immediately gonna roll my eyes and be like, oh, yeah. of course it is. They've got the T-shirt, don't know the band. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and like I get that to a certain extent, but like this band is so dear to my heart. I'm like, mm-hmm. why can't you just listen to more? I I feel like your taste would change and it mm-hmm. would be better. Listening to more. How do you feel about In Utero? Um, like, as a whole, absolutely masterpiece. And mm-hmm. um, I think, I think probably the most um, recognizable song to other people is probably Heart Shaped Box. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can just think of that opening riff. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so iconic at this point. But my favorite song is probably All Apologies. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just one of those other, like, really emotional, like, it's slower and um, just just super, like, raw and unplugged almost. Yeah, yeah, like Nirvana unplugged. Okay. You like that transition? Was that good? Let's Yeah, let's transition to the MTV Unplugged because there's one song on there that I will not listen to the original anymore because mm-hmm. the, the MTV version is MTV so Unplugged, it's, it's a live album, correct? Yes. And Can you explain it a little bit? I'm not super familiar with it. I know it's really famous. Oh, um, I mean, it's just when MTV would, um, they would, like, have bands come on and they would just play, like, whatever they wanted to and just... It would just all be live, and it about uh, what I'm talking about is about a girl, about a girl. That's my mm-hmm. favorite song off of that album, and it's from their first album, Bleach. And I'm so glad that they re-recorded it because it's so much better as as like the acoustic version, if mm-hmm. you will. And it's super interesting too, because there's like a ton of legacies from this band's like short career that have gone on to be almost just as big. Like I remember, the, I can't remember the name of the producer for the life of me, but whoever produced Nirvana and um, In Utero went on to be this huge producer. And I know for a fact Dave Grohl drummed for the band. Yeah. And he went on to make the Foo Fighters, which is a huge band even today. Huge-ish. Huge-ish. I mean, they're not Huge-ish. as big as Nirvana, but no. they're they're still mm-hmm. a very big rock band. Yeah. You know. Um, and it's just interesting to see all that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on Nirvana? Um, I mean, I could talk about Kurt Cobain all day, but... Buy the t-shirts? Yeah, buy the t-shirts. Buy the t-shirts. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you wanted to talk about a specific album earlier. Right, uh, Siamese Daydream, Smashing Pumpkins. All right, so go into it. Um, it's kind of... <laughs> It's definitely Smashing Pumpkins' best album, and mm-hmm. it's the only album that I listen to because... So this is, like, a completely different concept from Nirvana and Radiohead mm-hmm. because those are, like, I can listen to every single song, and they're all good. Yeah. But you're, li- you're listening to the artist more than the album absolutely. because every single thing has artistic integrity. Everything is worth listening to. Yeah, and, like, the style change. It's, like, changes but stays the same. Yeah. But Smashing Pumpkins... Went through a little... Everyone kind of knows that after Siamese Daydream, it was like, 
-hmm. not the best. And it's because I feel like every song just starts to sound the same. I feel like they they peaked with Siamese Daydream and they tried to recreate it every time after that. And it just didn't work as well. And I mean, I, I couldn't tell you why because I didn't really listen to the other albums. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly what's what's worse. But in general, it's just, it's like an attempt at a recreation and like a like a attempted continuation of their golden days. Siamese Daydream is in the 90s, correct? Yeah, it came out in 93. Okay. Um, would you say it sounds dated? Do you think it sounds fresh? Um, not necessarily dated, but also not fresh. Like, I feel like when I listen to it, I can tell, like, oh, this is mm-hmm. this is from 20 years ago. But, but that's part of the enjoyment in a way. Oh, absolutely. The nostalgia is, is one of the things that draws people in. Mm-hmm. And everything down to, like, the um, the vocals and the way that... You can tell, like, that's not just his voice. Like, they, they, like, the microphone, like, it just sounds old. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put it, it. It. It's interesting because a lot of, like, older music, there's kind of different ways that people enjoy it, depending mm-hmm. on how ironic they want to get with it. <laughs> like, I remember if you want to listen to, like, an LMFAO song in these days, like, you're not listening to it because you like the music. You're listening oh, to yeah. it because you are pining for 2011. Absolutely. You know, it's it's that kind of listen. But if you're listening to, say, like, grunge, it might be because you truly enjoy the songs, like yeah. Nirvana. Smashing Pumpkins is kind of in the middle. Yeah, I feel like when I think of, like, old rock, like, softer rock, like, early 90s, this is, mm-hmm. like, I think of Siamese Daydream because there's so many iconic songs on there. Like, um, today is, I think, they're they're most recognizable, probably. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I heard that song, it was on Guitar Hero, and first of all, that game opened up. Oh, it, it my, truly did. It shaped my music taste, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that so much, but um, this album has, like, an overarching, like, quality of, like, soft, nostalgic rock with amazing riffs, and... Um, but it's, it's all very predictable in the sense that, like, the song kind of starts out or, like, ends the way that it starts out. It, mm-hmm. There's not much evolution without throughout the song. And, like, that's kind of... It's, it's comfortable. It's nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's something, like, you can listen to the entire song and, like, just kind of float along with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super, I don't know, like, cathartic, is that the term? Mm-hmm. Just to kind of... No, absolutely. You yeah. can just kind of flow along with it, um... Yeah, it's a softer rock than definitely. It's, it's going back to what you were saying about like music helps you kind of escape what you've been yeah. dealing with in real life and listening to something from the '90s that's just comfortable. You know how it starts, you know how it ends, you know mm-hmm. what's in between. Like mm-hmm. that can be enjoyable in its own right, separate from the music itself. Yeah. Just being able to have that rhythm mm-hmm. stuck in your head. And even like I think um, their most like recognizable feature is the vocals, and. Um, I wish I knew more about the band so that I could, like, name them and everything. Really go into it. Yeah, yeah. but it's just, it's just the album. That's it's the just, yeah, well, that's that's not a bad thing. There are some bands yeah. where they are known for an album and they are not known for anything else. Like, yeah. that, they have one masterpiece and there is nothing wrong with that. I'd love to do an episode at some point talking about, like, specific albums that are just, like, that band's album. Like, that's oh, the one. Like the Black Parade from My like Chemical Romance. Like the Black Romance. Parade. That's a great example. Man, like, I My want... Chemical Romance. 
Can you even name any of the others? Oh, um, actually, I can. And my favorite album is Danger Days. <laughs> oh, that that was solid. That I'm was so good. sorry um, to burst your bubble there, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm it a was big unexpected. My but Chemical I get Romance it. fan. <laughs> I could talk about them too, but that's another episode. That's, a, that's another episode. It's a completely different era too. This is yeah. post '90s rock. This is mm-hmm. that's we're, we're not in early 2000s emo quite yet. We can't venture into that those those yeah. waters today. <laughs> those are dangerous waters. <laughs> But yeah, um, anything else you want to say about Smashing Pumpkins? Are there any other albums that you just want to like shout out, throw out there? Oh, man, I wasn't prepared for this. I mean, just off the top of your head. Like, is there anything? Exactly, no, of? nothing off the top of my head. Because um, the first thing I thought of was Nevermind by <laughs> Nirvana. <laughs> it's a good album. I totally get it. It's the first thing that comes to my head all the time. <laughs> oh, I guess we could talk about um, Is This It, the Strokes album. I, yeah. know, I know you appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I, re- I recommended it to you a couple days ago. Did well, you listen I to it? Well, I already had it. I, I already had it saved, actually. Did, did you is, listen to it? I listened to the new the newest one that you mm-hmm. told me to, and that also... How'd you feel about that? I liked it. I realized that there was already a few songs on there that I had saved and just didn't even make the connection of, oh, mm-hmm. this is the Strokes. And, I mean, it. I liked it. It definitely sounded like their sound. I feel like it wasn't anything super, super new, but... I mean, that's okay. You have a you have a style and you stick with it and you do it good, then yeah, I mean, it works. They they are basically straight garage rock for yeah. like six albums. And like it's it's actually kind of nice to have that to rely on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Is you like you know that they're not going to change too much because when a band changes too much, sometimes you're like, please go back, please go, back. please go back. Yeah. And uh, tying it back to Radiohead, that's something that they they did so well. Like they took mm-hmm. that risk with. I think OK Computer is probably where the shift happened. Mm-hmm. It's like you put out that album and it's like how y'all how y'all how you feeling? Follow up from that? Yeah. You, you cannot follow up OK Computer with an OK Computer 2. No. You can't do it. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. But like they kept reinventing themselves, I think. You can say helped. OK Computer is the best rock album of the 90s and no one's going to fight you on it. <laughs> I mean, somebody might put up like a contender, but they're not going to be like you're wrong. Yeah. Because you no. can't say it. No. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much everything we've got. Isn't it? Uh, man, such a good time. I love talking um, about music. Do you have a favorite Stroke song from that album? Um, I don't know. I kind of like the title track, which is pretty basic. I'm so is sorry it? about that. Or someday. Someday is really good. Yeah. The radio I, hit. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> it's actually it's a really good song in its own right too. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Um, but I think that's pretty much it. Um, I guess we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, I'm glad that everyone got to listen to us talk about Radiohead and Nirvana for about 45 minutes or so. My um, dreams come true. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your time on the podcast. Um, yes. Do you want to go ahead and like sign yourself off a little bit? Like, um, uh, This is Carl signing off. This is Carl signing off. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, thank you everybody for listening to the podcast uh, once again there is a link to the playlist on the Viking Fusion website and also on my Instagram page um, please check it out after each episode so you can see all the new songs I put in related to the episodes um, if you want to follow along I think it's really fun to do um, and you might find something you really enjoy I don't know um, but thank you for listening to this third episode of the second season um, I will see you all next time thank you bye